0: Hey, listeners, just a reminder that the History of Everything Sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Hey, Carol. Hello, Miss Terry. How are you? I'm doing well, Melinda.
1: (laughs) That's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I decided that this time when you say you're welcome, I'm uh, going to beatbox for you. Are you really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. (gasps) Welcome to the history of everything.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not very good at. It's not my. It's not my. My strong suit. <laughs> so, that was. That
0: was. That was something. interesting. It kind of sounded like you were eating something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just snacking away in the microphone over yeah. here. That
0: probably, like probably would have sounded monster. better. <laughs> cookie monster. <laughs> Oh, I should oh, have just oh, grab
1: oh. some Doritos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, that's how they do it.
1: I'm sure that's how they do it. It's it's all mm-hmm. it's all the Doritos. <laughs> okay, well I'm Melinda. I'm Terry, and uh, that was actually kind of the perfect way to start this episode because this is some bizarro stuff. This is Ooh, okay. You know, I know that you are not very fond of the ocean and stuff, but you know, have you ever at any point as a child or teenager were you ever like really into the dolphin thing, like dolphins are the coolest animals or I, I would love yeah, to swim I with think, dolphins? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Um, like I didn't have a, I didn't have a bedroom decorated in dolphins, gotcha. but if mm-hmm. I were on vacation, <laughs> I would totally an airbrush t-shirt with a motherfucking muff, <laughs> dolphin on it. There you go. And I never wanted to swim with the dolphins or no, right? anything didn't. like that. But <laughs> I used to like watching like um, dolphins do tricks and stuff like that. But then, then I saw blackfish and now I want all dolphins to be
1: free. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's the evolution <laughs> of you and the dolphins. Yes. All right. Well, long story short right in a nutshell well this story is about dolphins but it's going to start a little bit not about dolphins but we're I'm just gonna say as a little bit of an intro that this episode is about dolphin love for the love of dolphins maybe okay okay all right so just gonna jump right on in here to the history part so Mm -hmm. To start, e, 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 e. Oh, you know what? That just sounded like Splash. Do you remember Splash with Daryl Hannah? And she was actually yes. like oh, a, she fish. Was a mermaid. A mermaid. That's what it is. A mermaid. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, to start this episode, I want to give a brief history of a man named John Cunningham Lily. Mm-hmm. So, John was born on January 6th, my birthday. Yay. Um, But of 1915, and that's not when I was born, in (laughs) St. Paul, Minnesota, to parents Richard and Rachel Lilly. Mm -hmm. After graduating from St. Paul Academy in 1933, John went to college at the California Institute of Technology in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. After graduating from there in 1938, he went to Dartmouth Medical School for two years, followed by the University of Pennsylvania Medical School for two years, and he graduated in 1942. Now, John's focus was on psychology and researching the brain. In the 40s, he was a research trainee at the University of Pennsylvania, as well as an associate professor. He went on to work for the U.S. government with the National Institutes of Health as a researcher. In the 50s, he invented the isolation tank. Hmm. Right. So... He invented the isolation tank in order to try to answer one question. What happens to the human brain when all stimuli are taken away? So John designed experiments where people would be put into the isolation tank wearing only a blackout mask, nothing else. They would be submerged in water that was kept at exactly 94.5 Fahrenheit neither warm nor cool, with only the top of the head out of the water. The dark, silent environment, plus the lack of sensing any physical pressure, including gravity, almost completely leaves the person with no external stimulus. <sighs> it's, as, right, it's as if you're floating in a vacuum, but without the sense of floating. So John would have the subject stay in the tank as long as possible. Then they would immediately write down their feelings and thoughts afterward. John himself often went into the isolation tank, using himself as a subject of his own research.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, John was also fascinated by dolphins and whales after learning that these animals had brains larger than humans. Hmm. He believed that these species were far more intelligent than we are and that we could learn a lot from them. Hmm. In fact, at one time in the early 60s, John was invited to and attended a secret scientific conference in Green Bank, West Virginia, where many men of science gathered to discuss the likelihood that there is intelligent life beyond our planet. Hmm. John gave a three-hour talk about how his research had shown that dolphins could communicate And that we should study dolphins and whales rather than looking for extraterrestrials. His argument was that these non-human life forms, which we know exist and have the ability to observe and study, were Mm -hmm. far more worthwhile and more deserving of funding than the pursuit of ETs that may or may not exist. And that we may or may not ever have the tools or technology to ever find much less contact what yeah, I mean he makes a lot of sense right exactly it's right here yeah yeah like we've been to friggin' the moon but we haven't been to the bottom of every ocean that's on earth right right you know so and yeah it's I right get it. here <laughs> exactly so what does all of this have to do with sex? okay well let's get to the more interesting part so in his quest to communicate with dolphins or more accurately to teach dolphins how to speak English, John, uh, yes, this is what we're doing. John Lilly had a lab constructed in the Caribbean where he could house dolphins while researching and training them. The large lab on the island of St. Thomas was run by Gregory Bateson, lab director, and was home to three dolphins, Pamela, Sissy, and Peter. One day in early 1964, a 20-year-old woman named Margaret Howe showed up at the lab. Gregory questioned why she was there, and Margaret explained she had heard there were dolphins and she wanted to see them and ask if she could do anything to help with them. Gregory invited her in and introduced her to the dolphins. He said she could spend some time watching them and then write down her observations. Hmm. Later, he told her that she was welcome to return anytime. So I guess she impressed him. Hmm. Eventually, Margaret was hired to teach the dolphins to speak English. She would spend most of every day with them, teaching them or training them to make human sounds. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the dolphins would be left safely in the -the state-of-the-art lab while Margaret and the others went home. So one day, Margaret had an idea. If she could live with a dolphin, spend time with the animal around the clock, she could form a bond with the dolphin and have more time to work on their speech. So John thought the idea was brilliant. He converted an area into a special living quarters where both a dolphin and human could live and work. First, Margaret and Pamela, the dolphin, stayed there for one week so that Margaret could critique the space and suggest changes that would make it better. For example, she found that 16 inches of water was perfect for a person, but the dolphin was not able to submerge herself and would have to constantly splash water on her own back. She noticed Pam seemed to go a little stir crazy as she couldn't really swim. Mm -hmm. So by June 15th, 1965, the perfect area was designed and ready for Margaret and Peter the dolphin. It was actually a house. And they flooded the room with twenty-two inches of water. Margaret's desk hung from the ceiling, and her bed was an elevated platform. Peter, this
0: is this 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 isn't real?
1: It is so real. It is so is real. real. <laughs> and it's funded by NASA. They're the ones oh who are funding God. this. Yes,
0: that is insane. I just feel like you're. It's like it sounded like you were telling me something, and I'm like. She pull my leg. No, I
1: won't. Well, <laughs> okay. I would never pull your leg. <laughs> now, Peter uh right away took to sleeping right next to her bed. So by week five, because each week Margaret would write down all of her observations and such. By week five, Peter, who's six years old, is getting sexually restless, right? Mm. So I'm going to read you this part of Margaret's notes from week five. Peter has been upstairs with me for just a month, and up until now, he has not displayed his sexual excitement. I think we must learn a lesson from this. I find that his desires are hindering our relationship. I can play with him for just so long now, and then he gets an erection, and the play or lesson is broken. I find that I cannot satisfy Peter. I'm in the water with him, and he is too rough to handle. He jams himself again and again against my legs, circles around me, is inclined to nibble, and is generally so excited that he cannot control his attitude toward me. I have had Peter in the same condition before, but under different circumstances. When Peter was upstairs in the fiberglass tank, he would occasionally become aroused. And I found that by taking his penis in my hand and letting him jam himself against me, he would reach some sort of orgasm, mouth open, eyes closed, body shaking, and then his penis would relax and withdraw. He would repeat this maybe two or three times, and then his erection would stop and he seemed satisfied. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm making this up
0: I'm not making it up
1: <clears throat> oh my god <laughs> as she goes on <clears throat> now however <laughs> she says I am completely in the water with him and because so much of my body is exposed we cannot get into the same position as above so that's what she used to do when they were in the tank but okay. now they're in a different environment <clears throat> she says, I am completely vulnerable to him. And he pushes and shoves my legs and feet and quite pathetically tries to satisfy himself. I can feel his mounting Why did frustration. Why
0: does she have to say pathetic? <laughs> quite pathetically. You're so it's pathetic. sad, really. Yes. Yeah, sad yeah. really. <laughs> oh, it's so pathetic. Uh,
1: I can feel his mounting frustration, and he is impossible to work with following this. I have decided that Peter must go downstairs with Pam and Sissy for at least a day. I think that it is only fair after say a month with only me that he join them for a day or so. This I hope will relieve his frustrations so that we can go on working for another month. I know that dolphins have been worked with for much longer periods in isolation without a break to romp with other animals. But I feel that at a certain point, one may be hindered by unsatisfied sexual needs. I would rather lose Peter for a day and have him happy than continue as we are. Another thought I have had on this subject is whether or not it would be best for the human to somehow find a way to satisfy the dolphin's sexual needs without another dolphin. This may strengthen the bond between the dolphin and the human. Well, you think Uh, it may also lead to more and more frequent sexual periods between the two. If Peter knows that I can satisfy his needs, he may feel free to turn any play period or lesson into a sex period. But if he knows that I will not have any part of his sexual needs and that once a month he will be put with Pam or Sissy, he may reduce his excitement periods with me. This would, of Mm -hmm. course, be preferable. I will try and see. This is a problem and it must be solved. I cannot go on having my shins belted about by lusty little Peter. It hurts
0: by lusty little pathetic peter right pathetic pathetic peter i'd rather have not have peter for a day than (laughs) what what did she say (laughs) Uh, i'd rather yeah
1: i'd rather have he have a break from me for a day i bet he'd rather have a break from here for a day i know so following that in margaret's notes from week six and seven margaret tells in great detail what she has realized that Peter has slowly but surely been wooing her. (laughs) First, he used their game of catch the ball to get her closer and closer to him. Then he tricked her into rubbing his teeth and gums, which she had previously been afraid to do. As she got more and more comfortable with his teeth, Peter started rubbing his mouth on her legs, but always with a ball in his mouth so that she would know he can't bite her if he's holding the ball in his mouth. Yeah. Eventually, he would innocently drop the ball, and then he would start gently biting up and down Margaret's legs. (laughs) Eventually, it dawns on Margaret that this is some foreplay, like sexual interaction and Peter subtly rolls onto his back so that Margaret can rub his belly and genitals. Now, during this play, Peter did not get an erection. This was a whole different type of sensual interaction. On the other hand, when Peter did get real horny and had an erection, he would become really aggressive and almost abusive. Mm. So then over weeks eight through 10, Margaret writes that Peter started a new strategy when he was in need of sexual release. He would do his usual biting of her legs and rubbing on Margaret. Then when he had an erection, he would rub himself on her legs and she could use either her hand or her foot to get him off. He would orgasm and then relax. This usually occurred three times in a row before Peter could move on and concentrate again. Margaret said this was not some secret that she shamefully hid from others. In fact, she said this had happened at times with others witnessing it. She did, however, feel that the in- interaction was, quote, precious. Oh, oh, no. Isn't that precious?
0: I think it's pathetic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Around this time, Carl Sagan. A very well-known astronomer who was part of the secret society came to visit the Dolphin House. He wasn't very impressed with John's way of teaching, it seems. He returned to Frank Drake, another astronomer who was also in the Order of the Dolphin is what their secret society was called. Mm. Ultimately, somehow, word of Margaret's relationship with Peter and her assistance with his sexual urges got around. Of course it did. (laughs) Right. In fact, Hustler magazine published an article about Margaret and Peter, complete with a drawing slash caricature of Uh a naked woman with a dolphin between her legs. (laughs) And not like she was writing it. Margaret had not even heard of Hustler before, but when she found the magazine at a local shop, she bought every copy in hopes of keeping others from reading it. That's how little she knew about this.
0: Right. Well, does she? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's they only, the only sell
1: it on at the two shops on St. Thomas.
0: At those two shops, right. <laughs> <laughs> so by
1: 1966, between Sagan's report back to NASA on the less than awesome experiments that John Lilly was doing at the Dolphin House... And the bad press brought on by the Hustler article. The funding for the whole project was about to be yanked away. As one last nail in the funding coffin, Dr. John Lilly decided to try LSD. Then he decided the dolphins also needed LSD. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this so get better and better. <laughs> He's probably like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> we need to learn from these dolphins. <laughs> I got fucking NASA to help us pay for us to do this. Mm-hmm. And you're jerking off the dolphins over here. <laughs> you're blowing it. Right. So instead of, I, I mean, I understand hallucinogenics and, and all that kind of stuff. So please tell me what did happen. <laughs> I'm like, I'm into needles here. Well, okay.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You so, know what? This dolphin is like, this is the best life ever. <laughs> those people, those dolphins out there saying captivity sucks. Captivity does not suck.
1: No, this is like the Ozzy Osborne of dolphins. Like, yeah, he's they, got they, the they best life. Drugs.
0: They give you drugs.
1: They <laughs> They satisfy you. you. Right.
0: Oh
1: you live God. in a nice house that's like flooded. Right. Ugh, yeah, you're not a bad the best day to food. Be had. You don't have to catch your own food. Right. Yeah. All you got to do is try to talk. Just say hello. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. Lily started dosing Pamela and Sissy, but Margaret put her foot down when it came to Peter. So he actually was not doing the LSD because she said, keep your shit off of my dolphin. No.
0: Yes. This is my dolphin. Right. I have control of this dolphin.
1: Yeah. And he's already horny enough and he's banging on my legs. Let's not give him drugs and make anything crazier here. Right. <clears throat> oh, my God. In the end, when the funding dried up, the dolphin house and the beautiful lab were left behind. Margaret stayed on the island. She married the photographer <laughs> who had chronic. <laughs> you thought I was going to say she married the dolphin. Didn't you?
0: I mean, somebody married a roller coaster once, right? I so really. why am, not? I'm not surprised.
1: Margaret and Peter lived happily ever after. <laughs> not so quite. So she
0: married the photographer. She
1: married the photographer. Well, I who mean,
0: had, she. <laughs> did, has is he the one that took all the pictures of her? Oh yeah, with the dog.
1: Sorry. <laughs> no, it's quite all right. Okay, okay I'm going so to LSD, this story.
0: <laughs> LSD. Only the girl dolphins get the LSD. Right. Pamela married a photographer.
1: Right. All the funding dried up.
0: Funding's dried up.
1: Yes. Now, they ended up converting the dolphin. Oh, Margaret and her photographer, new husband, converted the Dolphin House into their home and lived there, had three daughters, and raised their daughters in that house, minus the... 22 inches of water on the oh, floor. Okay,
0: okay. So the, yeah, they drained they didn't, it first. They didn't keep the dolphins. Okay.
1: Correct. As for uh, Dr. John Lilly, he continued to try to communicate with dolphins mm-hmm. using such techniques as mental telepathy and music. Um, he really loved his LSD. Mm-hmm. And he ended up passing away on September 30th, 2001 in LA, even though he lived in Hawaii. Um, and he was 86 at the time. Okay. So what about these dolphins? Well, they were transported from St. Thomas to Lily's older, smaller lab in Miami, which was in an old bank, of all things. Peter, unfortunately, he didn't understand. It's assumed that he was heartbroken, and he really missed Margaret. Mm -hmm. Just weeks after the move, Peter committed suicide. What? What? how did he convince us? You ready? Please. Okay. He um, took his last breath, went down to the bottom, and then just decided not to come back up and ever take another breath. He drowned.
0: He drowned himself?
1: He drowned himself.
0: Peter! Yeah. You right? fell in love. Peter caught feelings for right. the teacher. Right. Peter was too hot for teacher. Right. He's like, Margaret, do you love me? Yeah. Oh, my God. And
1: apparently dolphins have to make that conscious decision to go to like breach the surface and take a breath and go back down. And he just decided not to. He said, I'm if I can't if have Margaret. Were if the, you, have you, you think the
0: other, do- the other dolphins are going? Dude!
1: Right. swimming around him. Come on. Either they were like, you know what, dumbass, just drown then. Or they were like. Peter, you'll find someone new. Come on, man. Right. Yeah. Well, poor Peter.
0: Poor Peter. Oh, my gosh.
1: Pretty crazy. Um,
0: I love that story.
1: Oh, I got more. I ain't done yet.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So I have to say a lot of people, of course, would refer to this as bestiality, which Mm -hmm. is gross, but. By definition, this is not bestiality because that is actually having sex with animals for pleasure. On the other hand, zoophilia, which I believe we've talked about before in your episode a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. is when a human has a relationship with an animal, almost always a sexual one. But I mean, this really doesn't fall under that heading either since Margaret really never had sex with the dolphin. And it was really more Peter who pursued her. Mm -hmm. But have no fear. I do have a real life story of Okay, Buckle up because this one's disturbing. Malcolm Brenner was born in New Jersey on May 9th, 1951. His Mm -hmm. father was a Jewish radar engineer. His hmm. mother, who had been an orphan at age eight, was a nurse with the Royal Air Force in England. Hmm. After Malcolm was born, the family moved to Philadelphia. His parents were interesting. They were in a sort of like cult. Uh, they were followers of a pseudo scientific idea called orgone, like O-R-G-O-N-E, um, Oregon Energy. Mm-hmm. And this energy was thought up in the 1930s by William Reich. I won't pretend to understand this idea because it was way over my okay. head, but it has something to do with believing that there's a specific energy or invisible substance that mm-hmm. could affect people if they didn't have enough or if they had too much. And somehow it could cause cancer or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very out there. In okay. fact, once Will started saying that he could collect the energy to study it and find uses for it, he was jailed. And all <laughs> of his materials, i.e. bullshit, was ordered to be completely destroyed. Okay, But these people were still under the belief that that this was true and they were in some kind of a cultish thing. So... Anyway, back to our boy, Malcolm. Okay. So in 1967, his parents split up and his mom took him with her to Sarasota, Florida. He graduated high school there, then started attending New College of Florida. Hmm. you right. In 1971, as a college sophomore, Malcolm was hired as a photographer at an amusement park called Florida Land, which had dolphins as part of an attraction. The pictures okay. were to be used for a book that was being um, being written about this attraction. This is where Malcolm met Dolly, a bottlenose dolphin. Okay. Malcolm isn't shy about sharing this story. He has told it many, many times, wrote a book about it, and then made a short film about it. So as the story goes... Malcolm would stay at the park after closing to photograph the dolphins, and Dolly took a liking to him and started flirting. Dolly would rub up against Malcolm. Specifically, she would rub her genital slit on him. Oh, gosh. I know, right? I hate it. Mm -hmm. According to Malcolm, at first, he would push her away. I can only assume that he didn't know what she was doing at first. He probably just thought she was being annoying. And when he pushed Mm -hmm. her away, she would get violent. Well, she really pulled out all the stops and she really threw herself at him. Mm -hmm. So he tells one story about when Dolly tried to masturbate herself on his foot and he tried to shoo her away or wouldn't let her. And she tried to drown him by holding him on the bottom of the pool. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Raped right by a dolphin.
0: I just feel like maybe that's not the job for you, buddy.
1: <laughs> maybe you're you just, know just asking you to work with dolphins. Yeah. They just can't not go after you.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Eventually, right. she became much more gentle, and she would let Malcolm pet or rub her. And as he did, she would just slowly roll over. So he was rubbing her belly and her genitals. Mm-hmm. Now, Malcolm was not just some guy who had never considered having sex with an animal. When Malcolm was five, he had been seeing a psychiatrist who sexually abused him. Mm. He remembers some pretty specific, horrible details of the abuse. Mm -hmm. Also, when he was five, he remembers seeing the Disney movie Shaggy Dog and getting an erection in response to the dog. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. And he knew that that was... Weird, but he did mm-hmm. it anyway. Now later, when he was around twelve years old, he tried to have sexual intercourse with the family dog, a mini poodle who was in heat. Mm. It did not go that the way that Malcolm had envisioned, and he ended up feeling guilty and dirty and ashamed. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely felt much safer with animals than with humans, but he also felt abnormal and freakish. Mm-hmm. So back to Dolly at Florida land. One day when it was abnormally cold, Malcolm found himself alone with the dolphin. He decided to finally give in to her. Isn't he a nice guy? She was probably like, you're pathetic. Oh my God. (laughs) You're
0: pathetic. (laughs) Right.
1: He attempted to have sex with her, but he couldn't. Jesus Christ. Stop that. But he couldn't. Between the frigid water and the fear of being caught, Malcolm was basically unable to get an erection. Okay, good. Pathetic. Yes. Later, after the park closed, like literally closed forever and was sold off, the dolphins were being relocated. Malcolm went to see Dolly for what he knew would be the last time. This was after about a seven-month relationship slash courtship, whatever you want to call it. Mm Mm-hmm. He he,
0: used to, he has not had sex with her yet.
1: Tried. That's correct. Yeah. Tried but could not and has not. Now on this particular night, he hoped to, in his words, make love with her. Why stop being that way? Mm-hmm. Right. right. You're fucking an animal. You're yes. not making love. <sighs> but he wasn't 100% sold on it happening because he just, he didn't know. So he recounts, A long, flirty, sensual half hour of courting between the two of them, swimming together, playing games, before he finally attempted to penetrate her. Mm -hmm. He tried several different positions. He was ultimately able to do it by floating in a standing position with Dolly rested on her side, like lying down. And he used one hand to guide his penis and the other to pull Dolly toward him Mm -hmm. or hold her in place, I guess. Yeah. And he tells all about how the dolphin was cooperative and never forced in any way. She was a willing partner. Oh, my God. Malcolm paints this beautiful picture of how their two bodies became one, how spiritual and life changing the whole experience was. And when he came, so did she. My he God. could tell by the sounds that she made. And once it was over, Malcolm swam to the fence and Dolly swam to him, put her snout on his shoulder and wrapped her flippers around him in a long, loving embrace. That's the part that I find the most unbelievable.
0: Right, right. Of everything else. Yeah. yeah she comes After I raped those, this dolphin. Uh, uh-huh. We had a moment,
1: right? And she just came over and wrapped her arms around. No, she didn't. No, she did not. No, she didn't. No. So Malcolm to this day claims he and Dolly were in love with each other. He has been married twice since then, but he says he's never loved anyone like he loved Dolly. He also is an advocate for zoophiles. He compares the current attitude toward human-animal intimate relationships to how interracial relationships were once looked down upon. No, that's that's not the same, dude. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As an abomination that should not be allowed. And he hopes that someday in the future, people will understand or at the very least tolerate interspecies relationships. Uh, Malcolm, 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 Malcolm. I, I don't agree you. with you. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that it's very, very different. Right. All right. So you may be thinking that this is possibly animal abuse. Or, I mean, maybe not. Maybe you're just thinking it's nasty to have sex with dolphins. Mm-hmm. For all I know, maybe our listeners are thinking that uh, that they need to work a little one-on-one with a dolphin. But no. anyway... Right. Not our listeners. (laughs) Anyway, for those who feel that these dolphins have been molested, raped, or coerced, I want to tell you one more story. In April of 2002, a dolphin, affectionately nicknamed Jorge, Mm -hmm. showed up in Weymouth Harbor in Dorset, England. The 10 year old, 400 pound dolphin was at first seen trying to swim into the motors or propellers of boats. Obviously, observers were very worried because this poor suicidal dolphin needed some help. Rick O'Berry, an international dolphin expert, was called in to see what was going on. Mm -hmm. Rick assessed the situation and immediately knew what was up. Jorge was horny and he had a fetish for boat propellers. Oh my God! A very, Holy cow, Ori, that's dangerous. Right, a very dangerous. That's little dangerous.
0: Fetish. Like somebody having a a fetish for like sex while cooking hibachi or something. Just that's. I mean, yeah, you like, hurt yourself.
1: It's like being attracted to a a guillotine. Guillotine. Right, right. When this thing chops my head off, it's gonna be great. I, yeah. Well, despite a few injuries from his objects of affection. Jorge was sticking around. Eventually, he turned his sight on humans. He would swim right up to divers or beachgoers to play, but he was obviously trying to isolate and hump some of them. Mm. So Rick, the expert, decided that he needed to lure the dolphin back to what they assumed was his home, northern France. I don't know how they came up with this, but they... They figured he must be from France. He must be a French dolphin if he Mm -hmm. likes propellers. I don't know. Um, Rick said, quote, he doesn't need a psychiatrist or a doctor talking about the dolphin. Yeah. He he needs a chauffeur to lead him home. Hmm. Okay, Rick. Right. So what was the big plan? Well, Rick would be towed in a little boat behind a big boat working to keep Jorge's attention. By looking sexy, I guess. Yeah. So that the dolphin would follow him to safe waters. This would be a 30-mile, eight-hour voyage. Okay. He said that whenever Jorge stopped paying attention to him, he would just get in the water and swim around and get Jorge's attention again so he would continue to follow them. Mm -hmm. Now, news reports warned people, stay away from Jorge. They were calling him a sexual predator. Oh, my God. They were calling him an amorous, sexually aggressive animal. Attempts to lure him away from Weymouth all failed. An article from June 1st, 2002, in the Dorset Echo, reported that the attempts to relocate Jorge were called off because divers and or boaters had hidden the dolphin away and wouldn't tell anybody where Hmm. these boaters and divers felt that Jorge should be free to choose where and with whom or what he wanted to spend his time. So they wouldn't tell Rick or any of the others where they could find him so that they could lure him back to France. Right. Eventually, Articles from July of 2002 report that Jorge must have gone home as he hadn't been sighted in a long time. Mm. So either that was a big cover up and they really knew where he was. Right. Or he truly had decided, I'm out. Right. You know what? Or maybe one of those propellers got him. Right. (laughs) I mean, shit. If that's. I mean, some, some,
0: I I would think that some uh some like big boats especially if something even a 400 pound uh dolphin Mm -hmm. you know if it's a big enough boat maybe it has more than one propeller propeller that might not know it it hit it right
1: chop 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 yeah yeah so that's my story about dolphin love dolphin love isn't that interesting it's very interesting I don't know. No, it's funny because I've always thought dolphins were so cool and so neat mm-hmm. and just, you know, between being able to be trained and I'm um, yeah, you know, they do yeah. seem very intelligent and friendly, you know, which, you know, whether that's to their detriment or or whatever, they sometimes mm-hmm. do seem a little too friendly, but you know, it's kind of like dolphins are those naive kids that think that everybody's nice and everybody's helpful, you know. Right. And then, right. You know, well and they're also
0: the... the kind of animal like they're they're friendly until they like they're very protective.
1: That's what Exactly. I'm to
0: say. Exactly. But they're um and then they would like attack in like their whole pod would attack somebody. Right. Not somebody, but let's say if another or... animal, yeah, a predator or something like that
1: right Um, yeah they're very social they watch out for each other they take care of each other yeah and apparently when they're horny or when they have an erection they will beat their erection against you until they're until you right yeah until you put your hand out that does sound that sounds scary it does sound scary yeah so one a couple little facts that i did find um Dusky dolphins, which I don't, I had never heard of those, but dusky dolphins, um, they have sex in missionary position, belly to belly, Huh. bottlenose dolphins form a T, you know, obviously perpendicular to each other, right? Uh-huh. harbor porpoises, um, the male waits for the female to breach the surface for a breath of air, and then he leaps on her and grabs her with his penis. Why? <laughs> because dolphins have penises that I don't. I don't know all the little details. I didn't even look for pictures, but apparently it has a almost like a thumb to it, so it can like grab things. So, and I guess that's what keeps two dolphins together in the water if they're mating. Uh huh. So that you know, if they're thrusting, it just it doesn't like thrust, and that would knock you away from your partner. Oh, you know? got you. So it yeah. like keeps them. Hooked together. Yeah. And they are one of only a few species on Earth that have sex for pleasure. In fact, females have clitorises, clitori, clitorosis. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> They know that they do this for pleasure because dolphins mate year round, even when it's not possible to conceive. hmm. Male dolphins will use different things to masturbate, from live like legs.
0: eels, right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. like Margaret. Um,
1: yeah, from live eels to the heads of dead fish. Oh my god! Yes. So those are my interesting facts about dolphins.
0: Those are um, very interesting.
1: Yeah. So I just I find it interesting that dolphins can be attracted to humans. I think that we've gotten that from all three stories here. Mm -hmm. from peter from dolly from jorge yeah and then you just wonder if their brains are bigger than us and that means that they are smarter than us then maybe they're just manipulating us maybe and it's really us all this time exactly yeah it's us that they're like (laughs) they're like we
0: got you Motherfuckers (laughs) Motherfuckers full. <laughs> You're putting us on on Lisa Frank puffy stickers with rainbows and unicorns and stuff.
1: I'm on the front of your kids' notebook, <laughs> and you just think we're just so cute. Yeah. yeah, we're predators. No,
0: I. You know that's really interesting. Um, kind of on the same subject. Have you ever seen a shark's penis? I have not. They have two penises.
1: Shut up. Two penises.
0: So they can cuz I guess when they mate they have to they they might they might have to get I I don't believe sharks do it for pleasure. I
1: you're probably right. I mean right.
0: this is what it sounds like. Because mm-hmm. it's like because it's like their penises will pop out on each side.
1: Oh. So okay. if they're
0: so like so if they're on that side of the sh- the shark vagina, okay? The shark vagina. Uh, but but then if maybe their fight maybe maybe it's rough i mean maybe it's like a frenzy
1: oh okay and so So they need
0: to have have a penis that goes on both sides
1: okay so it's not like one of those you know how when you go to put a screw in the wall and you put your anchor in first and then it like spreads so that it won't come back out like right, the right. anchor does that's not what you mean like the penis doesn't like yeah, I, no, a whole no, no, penis no. goes in a vagina and then it splits in two so that it can't come back out like it makes a t no no you're saying it has two no. penises so no. if she goes it's to the like, right he's got her like, if he goes like she goes to the left he's got her
0: yes yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, like I've... the
0: penis it 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 will um like you can see him pretty well too on a, sh- on a shark. While when they're swimming. you what? They're just been, <laughs> well, whenever you're with a shark. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, and right. Oh, okay. Now, that all makes sense now. But if now. you <laughs> see a shark on Shark Week or whatever, oh, swimming, you can, week. If, it's a, if it's got a penis, it's got uh it kind of just looks like, it almost looks like, like, you know how fish sometimes hang on to bigger fish?
1: Yes. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like a, a symbiotic relationship?
0: Parasite. Yeah, well yeah, like there's yeah, like a parasite or something okay. that's hanging from it, but it's but it's big. Okay. And, and then when they're getting ready to have sex, it goes like if if you picture the sharks, like if you're looking underneath the shark.
1: Please don't <laughs> like you're
0: looking at the bottom of the shark. Okay. You're looking at the bottom of the shark. Okay. And then the Venus just goes pink pink out each side. Okay. Like it goes like this. <laughs> okay. So one,
1: you one. Feel free cut all this. One out. points one way, one it points looks the like other way. This. Okay. Yes, yeah, so it's like. Boop, boop. Okay, so it looks like, like that. two fingers pointing and straight then the down, sex and then it just yes. splits in two and faces two different ways. Yes. And it's then you like can,
0: if, if you be had two, two hot girls. dogs, if okay. you had two hot dogs lying beside each other.
1: Okay. Two hot dogs right. side to side, and Got
0: then it. You, and then you you just spread them open so that it's one long so hot that dog. the two ends of the hot dogs, yes. Okay. And but but one is on one is poking out one side of you know the You're underneath bun. the other one is poking out the other side of the, underneath <laughs> of the shark. <laughs> People okay. just Google it. Yeah. Just Google it. Apparently, I should have been watching Shark, shark, shark Week all these it.
1: times. Yeah, all these times, <laughs> all these times. No, So
0: when you were talking <laughs> about how they're how dolphins did their love, mm-hmm. I thought I really thought you were going to say they had two penises.
1: No, nope, not that I know of. But because I would have kept Margaret real busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Should have been with
0: like... one penis. It seemed like he got off like two or three times. Right. Each time. Right. If he had two penises.
1: Right. That's busy. When when Malcolm was telling the story, because you can watch on YouTube, literally him sitting there for 15 minutes telling his story about all of this. Mm -hmm. And when he talks about putting his penis inside of Dolly's vagina, vaginal slit, whatever. Mm -hmm. He talks about the fact that their vagina is very different, obviously, I would think, than a human's. That's why humans shouldn't be having sex with them. But... Um, they have little right. valves inside their vagina because that also helps to like hold the male to them while they're having sex. And okay, I don't know if he was telling that to say it was like extra pleasurable because of that. Or if he was just kind of making the observation that it felt different to have sex with a dolphin than it did to have sex with a human. It was very weird. Mm -hmm. But when he, I don't know, for some reason, when he said that he literally ejaculated inside of her, I thought that I I don't even know where to go with that. Because I mean, could you fertilize a dolphin? I guess they're eggs because they're mammals, right? So,
0: like, that's, I don't know.
1: I was just weirded out because I'm like, are we going to have little dolphins? Oh, my God. Little Malcolm dolphins. With Malcolm's head and the dolphin body, oh or my,
0: Malcolm and Dolly's, it's, it's just just it's probably how Aquaman that came about. is. That is <laughs> yes. That's how Malcolm we get mermaids. Dolly created Jason Momoa, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh anywho, yeah, that's whew, Melinda. That I got is I am probably just gonna try to stay up all night i don't know what i can possibly dream about after
1: this yeah i agree i'm gonna need a couple shots before i try to close my eyes after that it was something else right golly ah so anything else thank
0: you for that no Uh, Uh, i need i need to i need to reflect right all right everybody till next week till next week yep (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See you later. (laughs)